The Brewers Association and Craft Beer Radio present Savor 2014, an American craft beer and food experience from Washington, D.C. This recording was from Saturday, May 10th. Educational Salon, the art of pairing craft beer and jerky, featuring Justin Duke Havlick from Duke's Small Batch Smoked Meats, Mike Lewinsky from Fate Brewing Company, and Jason Oliver from Devil's Backbone Brewing Company. Welcome. Hope you're enjoying a great time at uh, Saver 2014. This is our last salon of the evening. It is a, a unique opportunity to uh, a little unique food and beer pairing opportunity. It's uh, beef jerky and beer. And before we get started, I've got a couple of uh, what I call house, housekeeping items to uh, share with y'all. Uh, first of all, my name is Jeff Bendel. I'm a partner at uh, Left Hand Brewing Company in Long Hi- Longmont, Colorado. Also a member of the uh, Brewers Association Events Committee. Uh, the Events Committee assists the uh, association staff in strategizing and organizing events like SAVER, Great American Beer Festival, the Craft Brewers Conference. Uh, SAVER is in its seventh year. Uh, we call SAVER an American craft beer and food experience, and that is exactly what it is. It's, it's an experience. And uh, the experience is put on by the Brewers Association, which is the national trade association for representing uh, the interests of America's small and independent craft brewers. Uh, we want to thank uh, Reyes Beverage Company, who is sponsoring the salons in this room this evening. And uh, let's see, you're going to have a bunch of uh, jerky and beer in front of you. We want to wait until our uh, presenters uh, give you the nod to go ahead and taste before we uh, break into it. Uh, feel free to ask questions at any time. Uh, we don't have a microphone available for you, so when you ask a question, we'll have uh, Duke in the center here repeat the question so everybody can hear it. We're trying to record these proceedings for craftbeerradio.com, so we want to have everything on the PA. Uh, so without further ado, I'll introduce our panel here this evening. Uh, to my immediate right is Steve Crandall. Steve is the owner of Devil's Backbone Brewery. Next to Steve is brewmaster for Devil's Backbone, Jason Oliver. Couple words about Devil's Backbone. Devil's Backbone is five years old, but in its five years they have uh, reaped several uh, critical awards from the Great American Beer Festival, World Beer Cup, uh, where you small brewer of the year, was it Brew Pub of the Year as well? Before that. So they have two facilities, one at the base of Wintergreen Resort. Beautiful, beautiful facility. And then a second one where they package their beer in Lexington, Virginia. And if you have a chance to go to see either of those facilities, I encourage you to do so. In the center, Duke Havlick. Duke, is the, uh, Duke and his brother Eric are the owners of Duke's Jerky, Beef Jerky. There you go. And um, I, have, I, I can tell you this. Uh, when you taste Duke's jerky, you'll, you'll know that you have never tasted jerky like this before. It is outstanding. Next to Duke is Mike Lewinsky. Mike is the owner of Fate Brewing Company in Boulder, Colorado. Mike is also a member of the Brewers Association Events Committee. So he is also integral in helping us put on this event. And then next to Mike is Jeff Griffith. 
the brew head brewer at Fate Brewing Company. And so now I will, I will turn the proceedings over to Duke. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, first off, can everybody hear me okay? Yeah. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much for having us and Duke's Meets here for this amazing event. Um, can you get louder? Louder? Okay. A little bit louder. No problem. A little bit louder. Yeah. That's okay. I'll bring this closer here. Thanks. So just want to say thank you to everybody for having us here. Um, this is more than just an event for us. It's an acknowledgement of what you all are doing with craft beer that we're doing on the, on the side of, of jerky and smoked meat, which is really cool to see. Um, but thank you for having us here. We're having a great time. The last couple of nights have just been an amazing experience. Um, first up, I want to reiterate, at the same time, we want you to feel free to ask questions at any time during the panel. We definitely will, will, will like to talk here. We want to make sure that we're answering your questions as we get kind of technical about talking about jerky, pairing jerky and beer, and kind of talking about what's happening within the sort of the world of craft jerky as we, as we know it. So um, without kind of uh, diving into too much initially, I'd like to kind of just do a quick poll, if you don't mind. Can everybody who has either made jerky or who makes beef jerky at home raise your hands right now? Nice. Awesome. I was amazed how fast this salon sold out, frankly. It was like <laughs> an hour or something. I was amazed. And, and for me, that's acknowledgement that more and more people are sort of getting into what we call the DIY movement, right? The do-it-yourself movement. More and more people like yourselves that raise your hands out there are making beef jerky or any types of, of smoked proteins at home, whether it be pork, uh, buffalo, venison, elk, all kinds of amazing proteins. And so we're really about furthering and acknowledging that and wanting to expand that. It's not really, from our standpoint, about uh, acknowledging a brand or two. Uh, it's about acknowledging the craft and encouraging people to take this amazing craft uh, home with them and, and to experience it, with it within themselves and, and their families. So um, my goal tonight, by the way, is to get all of you people who didn't raise your hands to run out and buy a dehydrator or a smoker and start making jerky tomorrow. Okay? That is my goal, right? That's the number one thing we're going to do. I know you paid for that goal, but I'm telling you, it'll be worth it. Trust me. Look, it's just similar to us uh, making beer and you guys being home brewers. Same kind of deal. Yeah, and you can really appreciate great beef jerky. My efforts would make me appreciate his efforts more. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. So I, a little background on me, I started smoking jerky. Um, I, I left a, a service-based job back in, in, in some years back, but started um, actually making beef jerky as a passion in 2004 in my backyard smoker. Um, started experiment, experimenting with flavoring jerky with bourbon, different hot sauces, barbecue sauces, all kinds of things. I just kind of like went crazy looking through my pantry and my refrigerator. My wife was like, what is happening to my husband? Um, but the cool thing was that I followed a passion, and um, at the end of the day, that passion has kind of become a reality. We're a family-based business in Boulder, Colorado, which um, has obviously sort of helped sort of foster this relationship with the VA and um, all of you folks out there around the country uh, and the world. But really, the, the, the notion of sort of starting off and, and smoking meats in a small batch way has never left who we are today. So today we, we call ourselves Duke Smoked Meats, but we're a small batch smoked group. So we make everything in 250 pound batches or less. So what that means when it kind of relates to, I guess, beer like we were talking about the night earlier, Jeff, um, is from what we can think of, it's basically a barrel and a half of beer in weight per batch. So um, from that standpoint, we've just sort of been obsessed to some extent over the course of, of numerous years with different types of proteins, different cuts of meat. Um, and like I was saying to Steve earlier uh, this evening, to us, it's almost like a milky way of information out there. The way you make beef jerky and the types of ingredients you use, the types of cuts of meat, 
Um, the pH of those ingredients is extremely important to make jerky either more tender or more tough. Whether jerky is sliced against the grain or with the grain really delivers a different bite and eat, eating experience altogether. So um, work with me tonight a bit about how this connection of jerky makes sense with craft beer. We'll obviously be, be doing some pairing. So um, I want to give you guys a chance to obviously introduce yourselves even further. I know that was a great intro, Jeff, but if you guys want to talk about your breweries a little bit, I feel like you guys are doing us a great service by being up here. So feel free, Mike, to give a little hand. So we're Fate Brewing Company, uh, fairly new on the scene, about 15 months old. So, um, uh, however, we've been in the industry for a while in different places. Um, I have a background in restaurants. We're a brew pub. And uh, through kind of being a beer buyer and, and my passion for beer growing, I, I got to work with uh, this guy right next to me for several years out of uh, Boulder. And, and Jeff was at a place called Golden City Brewery for about seven years. And uh, for almost the same time, I was driving down to get his beer and, and throw it on. And he didn't distribute, and it was pretty special. And so uh, an opportunity came along, and, and we joined forces, and, and um, Jeff's been kind of hitting home runs for us ever since. And so we're in Boulder, Colorado, uh, pretty big space and uh, pretty crowded field, but uh, we think it's a great field. And uh, so do come visit if you're ever out at GABF or um, any other events that we do out there. And, and uh, we're really excited to be here. So hopefully you've been able to make it to our um, booth over uh, basically out these doors. And I, I did want to add just um, something about when Justin approached us about doing a tasting with jerky. Um, uh, well, obviously we're going to say yes to that because who doesn't not who doesn't uh, like jerky, right? Um, but and, and I think you'll find through here too that uh, my eyes were really opened uh, through all of our experimentation and pairing uh, because the nuances of both the jerky and the beer were really enhanced by having them together. And that is something that completely I was was unexpected and, and really blew my mind. So I'm really excited for what you guys have uh, moving forward with this salon. Cool. Thanks a lot, Mike. Yeah. Well, uh, my story is I've been a, um, in the construction business my whole life and uh, um, went to college in the 70s and, you know, we drank Bud Tallboys and PBR and uh, Schlitz malt liquor and stuff like that. And, uh, but uh, I really became sort of like a gin and tonic guy and I was sort of rolling along that way and uh, had an opportunity to go skiing in northern Italy about 25 years ago. And uh, but my buddy uh, that had been skiing over there a bunch of times, I asked him, I said, you know, what am I going to take back from this? The Italian people, the culture, the food. He said, the beer. I said, the beer, you got to be crazy. And literally uh, got into a place called Cortina, went down to a local little tavern and had a Weinstaufen, which is the oldest brewery in the world, established in 1050. And uh, uh, it touched my lips and it changed my life. And uh, just had this aha moment and uh, came back to the States. Um, out east, we didn't have much going on um, in, in Virginia, and uh, through my travels out west, uh, you know, I found all these cool little breweries uh, at the base of mountains, and uh, where we live uh, in Virginia, we're right at the base of Wintergreen Mountain, I said, you know what, we could use a brew pub here. So uh, we had the opportunity to buy some property and, and put the brew pub on, and literally uh, the design of the brew pub and the, the whole concept of it came from a book from the Brewers Association was on how to start your own brewery, you know. And uh, that, that's how it sort of all started. And uh, 
Uh, I wanted very traditional style beers and uh, had some people help me and I found a Zeman Miyake system in a restaurant in Tokyo uh, that had gone out of business and we took the thing down and the great uh, benefit of that system was it was a skid mount so it was all together you just pick it up and move it and install it and there it is and of course uh, what happened was they couldn't get it out of the, the building and they cut it up into a million pieces and it literally came over in piles of pieces, uh, piles of parts and pieces. And uh, about that time, I, I found Jason uh, had some interest in, in talking to me. And uh, he came down and looked at it. And I said, man, that, this is going to be over. As soon as he walks in, sees his pile of parts. And he actually fell in love with this system because it gave him an opportunity to doing some very unique things uh, with the type of system that it was. And uh, I'll, I'll let him speak more to that. But, uh, we're real glad to be here. This is exciting to jerky. I'm, I've been a fan of jerky since I could walk and talk. So well, it's very, very exciting. Yeah. All right, so um, for those of you out there that uh, haven't made jerky for, before, we're gonna kind of talk through about the process just real briefly about making jerky that we'll of course dive into to the actual tasting themselves. So um, the number one thing we start with when we make jerky is truth. There are no secrets in our kitchen. And so I want you to feel like you can ask any question tonight. Talk about ingredients, talk about uh, process, anything, temperatures, smoke cycles. And one of the things that we're doing to sort of expand this overall movement is we're sharing that information with our fans out there. So if any of you have questions tonight or want to know about any of our recipes, just write into us, tell us you met us here, we'll send you the exact recipe or the smoke cycle. So some pretty fun stuff. Um, when it comes to the second step, it really has to do with ingredients, right? And we're, we're going to talk about three different proteins tonight, beef, pork, um, and what am I saying? Beef and pork, that's what I'm saying. Two, two. Three different cuts of meat, actually. Um, first off, if you're a jerky fan out there, you've probably had different types of, 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 of various different cuts of beef. We prefer eye of round. It was kind of funny last night, I was talking while handing out some jerky and a guy came to me because it was so loud, he said, did you say eyebrows? We don't make it with beef eyebrows. <laughs> beef eye of round, right? which is part of the hind quarter uh, of the animal, the upper hind quarter. It's a very lean, beautiful, beautiful primal muscle. And what I mean by that is it has sort of a cylindrical shape and we denude all the fat off of that. So it has a very visual, lean uh, sort of look to it, if you will. The grain is also wide and extends all the way through the muscle. So as you block it down and you slice it, whether thick or thin, it delivers a piece of beef jerky that, number one, is of good size, and number two, it has a grain that allows you to peel that beef jerky just like you want to eat it, right? So peel and enjoy a slice, peel and enjoy a slice. Um, so it makes a great, a great product. It also has a beautiful red color. So naturally, without adding things like erythorbates that you see a lot of artificial beef jerkies out there add, um, erythorbates keep color in the product. We don't use any of that. We just use the types of muscles that maintain a good reddish color. Ingredients, of course, affect that color, like whether it's soy sauce or different even salt levels can affect the actual color of the product, but in most cases, you'll see that most of our products um, carry a good reddish color to them. That's just the natural meat itself. Um, the third, actually, is the, the seasonings and ingredients. So believe it or not, beef is an amazing buffer of pH. It has a pH of about 5.4, and it takes a lot to move that 5.4 up or down, right? More acidic down, more basic up. And we, we do our job to make sure that we're hitting the right acidity levels because it extends ultimately the shelf life of the product after it's been packaged and, and, and delivered to the, to the consumer. At the same time, um, that pH also makes the product drier or more tender to some extent. So we work a lot to make sure that we're monitoring the pH of the product, and it's pretty easy to do. We'll talk about some things that will drive pH down here in a moment. 
Um, and the last thing, quite frankly, is smoke and time. Those two things help us, along with vegetable powder, to, to, to ultimately cure the product. So we're not using any nitrites or nitrates, which are an artificial way of curing meats in an expedited fashion. So we use time with slow smoke cycles, six to seven to eight hours. In the case of our shorty sausages, we actually hang and dry those for up to eight days. Um, but as far as the smoke is concerned, there's a whole world as it relates to different hardwoods or softwoods. In fact, tonight, one of the first items we're gonna taste actually is a blend of hickory and hops smoke, which is an experiment, quite frankly, we went out on a limb uh, for savor. <laughs> Pretty cool. So um, let's, um, let's talk for a moment about kind of the pairing tonight. Um, first off, um, for those of you that have not had these two beers, both uh, Devil's Backbone and Fate, phenomenal. We've been so impressed and, and just quite frankly, just honored to be, to be doing this tasting with uh, both uh, Devil's Backbone and Fate. So the first one is off to your left tonight. We're gonna start actually with a, um, a striped bass pale ale, and we're gonna pair that with our dry rub. It's a traditional beef jerky item that tonight we've smoked with a, a good douse of hickory smoke and a bit of hops. Looks like this is crap because I didn't even get a label on my bag. <laughs> it's very experimental. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, you know what I'm showing. I know, yeah. So as you tear this open, by the way, um, just like tasting great beer, take in some of the aroma for a moment. Now this came out fairly strong, by the way. The, the hickory smoke is pretty powerful already. And as you're, as you're kind of taking in some of this, this um, essence of the, the flavor, oh, the aroma really itself, the hickory. hickory is really paired, quite frankly, with more savory and more sweet meats. We like to pair mesquite with more spicy meats. So you'll find that in our beef brisket here in a moment um, as well. But with this product, um, you're gonna to wanna to kind of take in some of the aroma, and as you kind of take a small bite, you're gonna notice as you sip the um, striped bass pale ale that the savory notes of the beef jerky, which are typically like Worcestershire, a uh, little bit of soy sauce, a little bit of mustard in there, happen to pair really well with that kind of a citrus flavor of the actual pale ale. And like pairing uh, beer with any food, we look for two things in particular. One is contrasting flavors, and the other is complementary flavors. So two of these tonight are gonna to be more contrasting. This is one, and two will be more sort of complimentary, if you will. So um, start off by obviously taking kind of a small piece of this. Again, it's fairly intense with that hop smoke at the end. It's pretty strong. Um, but then take a nice, of course, take in the aroma, of course, of the pale ale itself. And it really kind of balances out that smoke. It sort of tames it down and sort of brings out the citrus of the actual pale ale. What do you, you think, Jeff? I think it tastes great. <coughs> Let's speak on the, the beer. Yeah. Want to talk about that? Yeah. Let's do that. Why don't you talk about the beer? Is that All right. So uh, this is our uh, striped bass pale ale, and uh, it's a product that it's second year in a uh, canned package. Uh, we brewed it uh, a couple years before that at our original brewery, which was a brew pub. We have two facilities, a brew pub and a packaging brewery. And um, this beer was developed to help raise money and awareness for the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, which uh, helps protect the world's largest uh, brackish water estuary, which is uh, real close by in Maryland and Virginia. And so um, the name striped bass paleo comes from uh, uh, rockfish or striped bass, which uh, very plentiful um, I guess varying, varying times, but uh, popular fish in the bay. And uh, I remember as a kid, we used to always have it on Christmas Eve. And it was, uh, we had a traditional kind of um, 
fish-only dinner on Christmas Eve. And I remember in the 80s, there was a moratorium on rockfish, and, and so we couldn't get it for a few years. And now that's lifted, but it's like, so I wanted to name that beer after that fish, which is, you know, really important to the Bay and uh, something that was, you know, kind of traditional to our family. And this beer is kind of, it's an American pale ale, but it's also was designed to kind of blend aspects of a Pilsner, a German Pilsner with that aspects of a American pale ale. And uh, the reason is that there's both uh, German and English and, and American hops in there. And so, um, you know, I want to bring that nice, crisp, dry, snappy aspect of a Pilsner with a slightly more fruity aspect of a pale ale. So body-wise, hop-wise, it very is almost like a, a combination of an American pale ale and a German Pilsner. And I think that's, that kind of lean frame, the snappiness, really does contrast with the uh, the, the smoky, the rich smoky note of this jerky, and it almost like kind of cleans the palate. You know, it, it kind of just zips and kind of, kind of uh, cuts cuts through a little bit. So, uh, sort of one of my takes on on this pairing. Excellent. What do you think, Jeff? Um, yeah, I, I think the the jerky itself is great, and, and the striped bass is fantastic. Uh, I had some of that today on the uh, the cruise. Uh, and uh, it's one of my favorite beers, so, um, uh, yeah, I love it. Awesome. Boy, that's Sorry. a smoke. I'm really getting this one. You say that's yeah. hickory and... It is. The, the hops kind of comes over the top of the hickory. We found that the hops, yeah. the cascade hops that we burned, came in really strong, um, but I really find that paleo really kind of tames it down. It's really, really nice. It's a little sacrilegious, though, to be burning hops, you know. <laughs> They're expensive. I guess yeah. anything for good jerk. I guess in Colorado, I thought you'd be burning something else. Yeah, yeah we burn a lot in Colorado. Oh, that's another idea. <laughs> There's a market for that. Yeah. Are you going to keep doing something like this with hops? Yeah, so check it out. So we... we this it was actually, I, I owe the inspiration of this to our friend Jeff, um, right over here to the right. Jeff, we were actually pairing some beers over at Fate, um, and I started kind of like hearing what he was saying about like trying to actually smoke jerky with hops, and it was just a, I mean, an awesome, just bright moment there that um, as I started to kind of Google it, I found that there are some great folks out there that are smoking meats kind of in a small way from a restaurant to restaurant. So the independent sort of restaurant um, folks out there that were kind of making some things out of smoked hops. And I do, I think it's a great idea. We've got, I think, a little bit of, of, of tweaking to do on it, but I thought it was a, an awesome thing to bring to, to Savor here and have you folks try it for the first time. So when you do see it in the market, you can at least say that uh, you found it here. Yeah, we, we had a beer we were tasting. It was a Imperial Red Ale with Mosaic and Azaka. Um, it's really tropical and um, really good beer. So uh, we liked it a lot. So we were talking about what if we try to smoke some jerky with the same hops <laughs> that the beer is pairing with, and um, apparently it didn't work very well. It was, it was too too oily, I guess. Or yeah, the first batch was a disaster. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, that's that's how ideas are formed, and you know, you you start talking about stuff, and you, you try things out, and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. So. Thanks for that idea. It's been, it's been good. So one thing about dry rub, well, what does that mean? Um, for a lot of people that really don't sort of cook at home or maybe that um, don't dry rub meats often, what we've done actually is almost done what we call sort of a double flavoring, if you will. So we've actually added all the liquid components, the, the soy sauce, um, the Worcestershire, and a few other things that we've got that are going into the overall marinade itself. We've held it for 24 hours. Then we come back over that and we rub in actually all the dry ingredients. And there's quite a few actually. The word spices in the label is built of many, many ingredients. Again, write us in if you, if you like this product, we'll be happy to send you the full ingredient list. 
Um, but those ingredients almost give it a brighter tone, a seasoning brighter tone at the very end, um, which is really nice. It's, it's unique to just marinating beef jerky sort of the way that it's been done for a lot of years. Um, and in fact, we're, we're, we're kind of proud of the fact that we're sort of claiming this sort of dry rub aspect uh, as something new to the category. So pretty fun. What did everybody think about that, by the way? Pretty good? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right, the next one here, I'm going to let um, uh, Jason also talk about the beer here. This one kind of came out of left field. I have to acknowledge Lisa Kazad, if she's in the room here uh, at our office, for bringing this pairing together. Um, but awesome beer here. I'll let you kind of describe, describe that, Jason, the it Schwartz. Hasn't come out yet, but. Okay. They're going to do a pouring here of, of the Schwartz right now. So. Well, uh, the beer that's about to come out or is coming out right now is our uh, Schwartz beer. It's um, a Germanic-inspired black lager. And uh, it's one of our year-round offerings from Devil's Backbone. And uh, it's a really neat beer. It's, uh, it, it has a lot of color, a lot of flavor, but it has a, still a really light, lean, uh, drinkable frame to it. Um, this beer just uh, got rated in Draft Magazine, a 95, which is very cool. It just came out a couple weeks ago. So this is almost like the German equivalent of a dry stout in that it's not a heavy beer. It gives you a lot of flavor. It has a great drinkability to it, but it's not a heavy beer. You know, it's about 4.9, uh, 5.1% alcohol. Uh, just a great drinking beer. And so. This is paired with uh, island teriyaki beef jerky, and this is going to be a very complimentary flavor. I find the, the subtle cocoa notes, chocolate notes in the black lager really work well with, um, with the teriyaki, kind of the sweetness of this, of this jerky, and kind of like they, work, they go hand in hand very well. I agree. In the jerky, um, we've, what we've done is we've marinated the jerky with a good amount of soy sauce, a little bit of brown sugar, um, some roasted sesame, which is really kind of gives it that rich body. Um, also a little bit of ginger, and then lastly we come over the top with pineapple juice. Pineapple juice is one of those things that tenderizes meats, okay? So pineapple juice, apple juice is another great tenderizer out there. So if you're working with a, a tougher cut of, of meat or a muscle, uh, even like brisket, don't be shy. Use um, things like white wine, use pineapple juice, apple juice to really kind of help tenderize that product for you as it sits for 24 hours. So again, I would encourage you to, uh, to smell the jerky first kind of take in the aroma. This is not overly smoked, but you can tell just essentially from the actual product itself, it's a more tender piece than what you just had previously for in the dry rub. Is it a different type of meat cut, a different cut of meat? This is also eye round. It is? Yeah. In fact, if you look at that color that you'll see out of the product, it has that, that true redness that we were talking about earlier on. So this is um, um, actually marinated, and the last one was dry rub. The last one was marinated and then dry rubbed the next day. I see. Correct, before smoked. Yeah. Yeah. I so think people might be curious as to why this is so much uh, more tender. <coughs> yeah, it's that makes sense. Yeah. Go ahead, get a question. So I grew up on like Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that's, um, that's what we call rip and tear beef jerky, actually, which we love. And the traditional was more like that. If you notice, the traditional kind of had more of a, of, a, of a tougher bite to it overall. So it's always using lean meats gets you there. The, the, the less amount of that sort of lower pH ingredient also. So if you, if you just make a beef jerky 
out of your home uh, dehydrator, for example, just start with soy sauce, water, a little salt, a little pepper. You'll get that sort of dryness that you're looking for. I'm a fan of that also. Thin cut, drier beef jerky, right? It's amazing, and that's part of the, the range. Like craft beer, you've got lighter beers to more complex beers. The same with jerky. Unfortunately, today, a lot of, um, if you will, the larger jerky manufacturers out there are putting a lot of sugar in the product and overly salting it, and that will also tenderize the product at the same time. So try and keep as much sugar out of it as you can. You, you, we, we call it a batch extension. So in that batch, we're aiming for less than about 12% of any ingredients on top of the beef itself or the meat. So try and keep your batch in that 12, 10% less of other ingredients outside of the beef, and you'll wind up with that drier product. But eye brown's great for that, by the way, too. Nice to, nice to peel. You won't fight it quite as much. She likes to fight, apparently. And I just realized, I know we're recording this, but I need to repeat the question. So the question was, we'll, we'll move to the next one at least. <laughs> All right, so um, thanks guys. Awesome, awesome beers there. That was really, really outstanding. We'll move over to the Fate uh, beers now here for a moment, and we're gonna pair uh, the Mirai uh, IPA with our sweet barbecue braised pork strips. And um, Mike, do you want to describe uh, the Mirai? Yeah, um, so what a weird name here. Um, the Mirai IPA is actually the Greek word for the three goddesses that can, uh, determine man's fate. So we have a joke at Fate because all of our uh, beer classifications for our core beers are named after kind of myth mythological origins. Uh, and in, in most all cases, and the, and the numbers change, but it was always women determining man's fate. So every woman in here and every man in here would probably say that women still determine man's fate. So Mirai is the Greek name for the three women that determine man's fate, and it's the name of all of our hoppy beers get a Greek kind of mythological name. Um, when Jeff and I were, and I'll let him speak more to the beer and the ingredients, but... When we were kind of designing our core beers, I think we both personally, and, and what I've seen in the industry, which has been really great lately, is that IPA has uh, grown and grown in diversity. You have um, uh, darker IPAs, lighter IPAs, one that lend themselves towards citrus versus uh, pine and florals. And so what we really wanted to do was, was create this IPA that was really citrus forward. And so I think that's what you see here through the uh, Mirai IPA. And I'll let Jeff tell you more about the ingredients. Well, yeah, thanks. Um, so I think everybody fully understands what a, an American IPA is. So, um, yeah, this beer initially um, was set out to be something different. Uh, except for uh, hop delivery that I thought I was going to get never showed up. So um, basically in a two-week period, I had to change my entire initial IPA recipe from Citra to Eldorado. So um, kind of had to change things up. So the, the, the kind of the, the, the hop that really pops on this beer is the Eldorado hop. Um, it's described as kind of a water, it's kind of melony, watermelon, hard candy. Uh, it has a lot of the uh, the initial you know um, American uh, citrus hops in there, with some you know Amarillo, Columbus, Chinook, to summit in there. Um, but I think the Eldorado is the one hop that really makes it kind of like stand out a little bit. So um, yeah, that's the beer. It's really nice. What's what's nice about this pairing is. Um, in the actual sweet barbecue braised pork, we've got a good amount of molasses um, and actually some honey, which I think the honey sort of works well with that citrus flavor. <coughs> to me, it kind of pulls out. It's a really complimentary, um, to me, 
sort of a, a um, uh, contrasty kind of a flavor profile there. I think it's kind of nice. That's a great beer. Yeah, yeah awesome. that's a really awesome. good beer. Yeah. By the way, you get a lot of that mesquite smoke flavor on pork. Um, what happens in the early stages of, of smoking meats, um, through that course of about seven hours, which it takes us to smoke this, you really want to start to lay down a good thick layer of that smoke in the first 45 to, to hour. That first part is where the protein starts to kind of what we call denature. Um, all that, that protein starts to get real active with that heat and it starts to open itself up to accept that smoke. So if you're, if you're working with like a backyard smoker, whether it's a bullet or a Bradley smoker, make sure you try and lay a good amount of the smoke on the first part of the smoke cycle. It really, really helps it to kind of retain that. So when you smell that, you get a lot of that mesquite flavor out of the product. What'd you guys think of that pairing, by the way? Great. Awesome. Awesome. That's pork loin, by the way, denuded off. And one thing about smoking meats, by the way, also that's kind of fun is that you can leave some of the fat on, and if you've got the right smoker and the right heat, the right amount of time and patience, that fat will, will really kind of work with the meat to give it more of that flavor, of course. Um, but in the end of that smoke cycle, drip off, and you're left with a fairly lean product like this. So works pretty well. Uh, something that we kind of noticed through tasting, too, that I don't know if you guys will get to try or maybe go back to some of these beers. Um, the pairing with the jerky really uh, enhances the the sweetness and um, so like with the Schwartz beer uh, if you tried that before the jerky it's a really really dry beer uh, great um, designed Schwartz beer and then you you taste the jerky and then try the beer and it all of a sudden has this completely different note um, and, and uh, I think that's shown really well through the, especially these last two um, and so do try them both ways you know take a uh, drink of water cleanse your palate try the beer just by itself and then I think you really start to appreciate the power of what the jerky has done uh, after after you taste that yeah good good point I agree what do you think Jason the last I liked it you liked it. <laughs> Do you want the rest of this jerky? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the last one that we'll pair tonight um, kind of came out of, out of left field. And, and by the way, just one quick note I, I had a thought, too, that the Schwartz was a, a super surprisingly amazing and delicious beer to me. I think it's one of my new favorites. It has a, um, like you were saying earlier, it's got a, a lighter tone to it compared to what you're expecting out of the color. And to me, it's kind of a... a a, a new sort of a, a becoming fanatical beer drinker now. Um, it's something that was really surprising me. I really enjoyed it. It left me actually with like a light aftertaste, by the way. It wasn't a heavy, heavy mouthfeel at the end of that, that pairing. So enjoy that. Um, so let's go ahead and, and pour the last one, if you don't mind. We've got um, a, a fate um, barrel-aged uh, Baltic porter. This one, like I said, came out of left field as we were working on this one. I think, Jeff, you, you probably can describe this beer better than I can, but it's awesome. Sure. Uh we were sitting around eating jerky and drinking <laughs> beer, and uh, I said, hey, let me go pull some stuff off of a barrel, and um, this beer just kind of popped with uh, what we're tasting right now. Um, the Baltic Porter was a beer that we made back in November. It was kind of our ba is batch number 100, so it was kind of a special beer um, that we, we brewed, and then... Uh, in, in certain time, we, we had some barrels show up, and so we, we decided to put it in a barrel. So this is kind of batch number 100. It's a Baltic Porter. It's a lager. 
Um, it's Thank basically, you. it's kind of, if you ever had like an, an Imperial um, Porter, it's um, the, the lager version of a, an Imperial Porter. So um, it's, a, it's just a malty beer, and it, it seemed to work really well with this beer. Or with this jerky here, so. This was one of those where we were just completely surprised at how well we thought they worked together. So the brisket, um, one of my favorite, by the way, muscles to work with in, in making jerky. So um, how many of you love brisket out there? It's crazy. I mean, like, we're like living in brisket nation. We see it everywhere now. It's on deli boards now. Out, out, out west, out in Colorado, California areas, we're seeing more and more brisket, which it's, it's got to be an eastern influence that's coming that direction. But, and from the south, of course, down in Texas, where there's a lot of great smoked brisket. Um, but one thing about that brisket is we use a, a true 120A brisket flat, which is um, we've taken the point off the brisket, we've squared up the back, we've taken the cap off the brisket and fully denuded all the fat off the upper end of the brisket, making it really visually lean. Then we cross-cut the brisket nice and thick, Marinate it with, of course, uh, on this package here is, is, or in these ingredients is our Stubbs barbecue sauce, one of my favorites. Uh, it's an all-natural spicy sauce that rocks out of Austin, Texas. Some vinegar, which is a great um, tenderizing product. Um, also, add in some nice um, black pepper, white pepper, garlic, and onion. This is, is one of my favorites out there, what we make today. Um, something unique and different to, to make in jerky out there. So definitely encourage you all that 100% of you are going to go out and actually make jerky starting tomorrow. Try brisket. It's a great way to make jerky um, and eats and kind of pulls apart if it's cross-cut correctly, almost like a flank steak. So pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Question? You nailed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we kind of started to sort of think, sort of almost like if you take the intelligence out of it, you're going to wind up with a better pairing, frankly. We, just, we went home very full. <laughs> so, you know, we just ate jerky the whole time. So. And as you can see, uh, Justin's very scientific in his process. So he's laying a lot of the stuff like that out. And so we couldn't really do a tasting without tasting it to every single offering yeah. we had. And so um, we, would, we would actually try and say, hey, let's, um, let's use something more uh, citrus-flavored. And, and they have a huge lineup of, of jerky that um, really pairs great with a lot of stuff. And there's one, um, and help me out here, it's like an, uh, an I Jamaican island. Is it a chili lime? The chili lime. Chili lime. So we were trying so to pair good. this chili lime, which is an amazing jerky that he makes, and kind of yeah. trying to use the lime citrus paired with something citrus forward from our end. And it ended up being like a completely different beer that paired best with that. And then the beer we wanted to pair paired really well with something else. And so um, it, it was, it, it was eye-opening and a lot of fun just to kind of go through that process. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting as you kind of sort of explore things, you don't really kind of remember all that goes into making both the beer and, and, and the jerky to some extent. Some of the smaller base ingredients, like in this um, spicy brisket is some molasses. You can taste that. There's a really nice natural tomato puree that's in there. Um, and of course, that sort of white pepper and dark pepper, you wouldn't expect that to necessarily pair with a bourbon barrel Baltic porter, right? Um, but I think it's, a, it's a, great, a great pairing. Again, it has sort of an unobvious sort of a tone to it that works well, I think, at the end. So... You know, it kind of reminds me of sort of almost like a, uh, a, a mole, the, the, the spiciness from the jerky and the kind of rich uh, chocolate and whiskey notes from the, the beer kind of like remind me of a kind of like a hot pepper beer almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It tastes great. Thanks. Cheers. Yeah. 
Yeah, that finish of that, you're left with a nice mesquite at the end, but it kind of tames the heat of the, of the brisket. Like you know, that. after this uh, t tonight, I don't think I'm ever going to look at uh, jerky the same way again. And, you know, I used to go by and pick up a bag somewhere at a convenience store and, you know, be happy to drive down the road and munch on it, but now I know I need beer with it, so. It's going to be a problem. That's a new trend. I'm, I'm glad you said that because we really don't want people to think of jerky the same way as they have before, no, right? No, it's it's a whole different world. And um, again, I, I think the, the more people out there that we can encourage to, to, to jump onto our craft as well and, and think about what they're doing in their own home kitchens, the better. I don't care if you live on the 51st floor of a high rise or you're out on 100 acres in the backcountry, um, it tastes the same. So enjoy. <laughs> what did you guys think of that last pairing, by the way? Was it? Right amount, right amount of spice for you as well. Worked out good? Yeah, awesome. getting hot. Yeah. Great. If you notice, by the way, too, when you bite that brisket, you can almost feel the muscle fibers different than the other beef, right? That's that cross cut against the brisket where you layer in some of those fattier layers with the muscle fiber there as well. It's pretty nice. All right, so let's open it up, I guess, for, uh, for more questions. Anybody else out there? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we haven't actually. We've got a lot of things that we, we incorporate with our own sauce as well. Yeah. It's funny. Um, what kind of inspired that was it was in my pantry. And uh, I've kind of stayed true to it. It's one of my favorites. Any other questions out there? Thank you um, for asking that. Um, right now, the question, by the way, was where can we find you? Um, was she talking about the jerky or was you? <laughs> you uh, I think I mean, she was talking are about you married. My, are you married? I think he's married, actually. <laughs> we could give instructions, right? Um, actually, we we um, we're moving this way. I, I, it's been the toughest thing here to t tell a lot of folks from the East Coast here in, in DC that we're not here yet, but it's happening. Um, luckily, we don't have a whole lot of regulation about distribution, but um, the good thing is that we're we're finding our way more and more from the west and west coast um, out eastward here. So look for us right now at Duke's Meats online, dukesmeat.com, and um, we'll make our way here soon. So. Have you ever um, thought about using Here's a question. Ray, yeah. what's the most unique thing you've made jerky out of? The most unique thing, um, let's see. I love to make actually boar jerky. Boar jerky is awesome, um, and it definitely delivers more of that toughier, kind of a gamer, like you were saying, you got to fight with it. A little bit of that. I make a, a pretty good, like, um, a Hawaiian blend of boar jerky that I, I really enjoy a lot. Small batch of it. We're going to start, by the way, doing much more of the seasonal varietals as well. So um, check us out, you know, just through time. We're going to be releasing seasonal sort of limited varieties through time, which for us is pretty easy to do, and we just enjoy kind of experimenting in the kitchen. Have you done uh, turkey jerky? Yeah, turkey jerky is, um, is, is fantastic. Turkey jerky, by the way, is one of those tougher proteins actually to work with. Um, depending on the, 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 the turkey type that you're using or the breast of the muscle, um, it can be very, very difficult to work with, but we do. Hmm. Yeah. Any other questions out there? We got one. Yeah? Awesome. <laughs> Thanks a lot. That means a lot. Thank you.
We appreciate that. Yeah, it's um, it's it's been a, a, a great love for us, and to make people happy it, for us, it's it's that's what it's all about. So thank you. Thanks. So um, just so you all know, I know these guys have, of course, beer to, to pour tonight here for the rest of the evening. We've got jerky down here at the end of the hall as well. Um, we're also featuring some of our shorty sausages, which are a, a slow dry. I think I mentioned those earlier. Seven to eight days they take us to dry down. It's a lean pork product that is amazing. It's not fatty. It's not loaded with carbohydrates. It's nice and lean and really, really satisfying and goes great with beer. I'm telling you, it's amazing. So. Great evening. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thank you all for coming. Let's uh, give a big round of applause to our panel. Great job. Thanks, you guys. Well done. That well was done. some great jerky. Well done. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this recording from Savor 2014, brought to you by the Brewers Association and Craft Beer Radio. You can find the rest of the salons from Savor 2014, as well as all of the salons from previous years of Savor, at craftbeerradio.com slash savor or on craftbeer.com. Craft Beer Radio is a weekly beer podcast that you can listen to on iTunes or from our website at craftbeerradio.com.